Hey Singapore, you're watching episode 19 of SG Sports Uncut. I'm your host Raj Kumar. And Uncut is a show that brings you closer to our Team Singapore athletes and officials. Today, we turn the spotlight on fencing. Our Team Singapore fencers have been able to win medals at the SEA Games, at the Asian Championships and at the junior levels of the World Championships. But they have yet to qualify and compete at the Olympic Games. So the big question remains is when will we finally be able to see a Singaporean compete at the Olympic Games? For that answer and much more, join us in our discussion with our friends from Fencing Singapore. Hi everyone, welcome to episode 19 of SG Sports Uncut, Chong Yi Mei, General Manager of Fencing Singapore. We'll start this discussion with you. We're already into a brand new decade. So does your NSA have a goal in mind uh, that's set to reach maybe over the next few years? I mean. We have our footballers who probably want to try and qualify for the World Cup in 2034. Uh, last week we heard, two weeks ago, we heard our cyclists who want to try to reach the Tour de France in 2030. What about our fences? So for Fencing Singapore, we have um, got our intended impact, and which is we have 8,000 strong uh, participants and with a pipeline of Olympians, hmm. uh, ready, ready Olympians, uh, towards the 2024 Paris Olympic. Mm. So that's our goal at, as of now. And of course, we are really still hoping if um, any bonuses come about in the coming one. Okay. okay. Uh, we've won medals at the SEA Games, at the Asian level, and I believe at the World Championships as well. But how long will it take for the Republic to even think of a podium finish at the Olympics? I think we what we are doing is we are taking baby steps and then we are learning to walk and then we run. So at the moment, uh, for Fencing Singapore, the last few years, we, we've actually achieved quite a fair bit. From 2014, where Lin Wei Wen actually got a bronze individual for men's epi, and then to 2015, where we, we had a very good result in the SEA Games. Mm -hmm. And in 2016, to where we win the World Championship for the cadets for women's saber individual. And then 2017, and, and we also had a very good result with two goals and three bronze in SEA Games. 2018, we actually got a historical uh, a result where we got the women's foy team winning the silver world junior team event for women's foy. Uh, last year, uh, and also of course, Asian Games 2018, mm. first ever team results for women's foy. And also in the recent SEA Games, we also won uh, four goals, three silver and six bronzes, mm. yeah, which was a great uh, result and also all our fencers came back with at least one medal. So that's a good track record over the last yes, few years correct. as far as uh, the international competitions are concerned. Yes. Uh, joining us also on the show is national coach Andre Klushin. You've been in Singapore for three years now, but when you first arrived in March 2017, you knew very little of the fencing standards in this country, so tell us what was your initial impressions of Singapore fencing when you first arrived? When I arrived to Singapore first time, I could see it's many young talented fencers, professional coaches and also very nice facilities. So I also, when I spoke to Fencing Singapore fencers and coaches, I realized uh, they're quite serious and would like to, like, to have a big goals, mm. which I could help. So now, three years later, how would you describe Singapore's fencing standards today? Oh, we've done actually a lot of a lot of things. The first one, we created a very uh, strong uh, training and competition system. Mm. Uh, we also uh, 
uh, using uh, opportunity to work with the SSI and NYSI, two sport institutes with all the specialists, uh, for example, uh, strength conditioning, psychologist, nutritionist, and so on, physiotherapist. So we also created a qualification system, uh, very transparent and very fair. So our fans are going to the, to the same competition and getting points to qualify for the national team. Uh, also, uh, we have a system where uh, we have national training center and our fans are training in the national training center and also in the club. So I think we are getting closer to the international standard. Mm. So just now you mentioned, so collaborations with the Singapore Sports Institute and the National, national Youth, Youth Sports, Sports Institute, Institute, NYSI. Okay, also joining us on the show, national fencer Jet Ng, uh, how has 2020 been for you so far, Jet? It's been really great, especially since I'm back in Singapore. I study overseas, that's why. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, what's been keeping you busy of late? What's oh, keeping everybody busy? COVID-19. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm still busy with like, training in the gym, mm. even though there's like a two-week break for fencing. But yeah, keeping myself busy, keeping myself fit. Right. And also keeping up with... I'm assuming you have Netflix at home, which of is of course, of course. So, which is your favorite uh, TV series? Brooklyn Nine Nine, hands down. Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah. You're the second athlete in three shows to say that. Um, it's the best. It's the best. Uh, let's come. We'll come back to you in a while. Let's come back to Yimi. And what does Coach Andre bring to the Singapore national fencing setup? I think for uh, we definitely appreciate uh, Coach Andre joining our family and he's brought us uh, of his vast experience from overseas and he's come from different systems, sports system where that will help Fencing Singapore grow and I think uh, we, we can tap on his knowledge to actually see what we can improve on and I think what, that's what we want to do to improve. Mm. Yeah. He has trained athletes uh, from other nationalities like Austria and Russia to qualify for the Olympic Games. Uh, are you expecting him to do the same with our team, Singapore athletes? Definitely, I hope so. So, um, for Andre, we, we actually trust that he is able to help us with uh, our system and also we, we have a uh, diverse type of uh, fencer. Mm -hmm. So, I think with ex his experience, we'll definitely get him to help us uh, qualify for the Olympics in mm -hmm. the near future. And after three years, he's been here, what, uh, where do you reckon are we at in terms of accomplishing that objective? We have taken quite a lot of uh, steps and I think our, our milestones, we've been um, managed to hit it uh, within our KPIs and, and everything. Mm. So uh, I think we are coming closer and closer towards our Olympic dream and with us getting more medals and I think uh, we are also looking at focusing on team and we can see results coming in from SEA Games and Asia Games well. mm. and that's that's a that's a good indication mm. and I believe uh, we were talking before the show we actually had a fencer having competed in the Olympics this was what some 30 years ago 20 plus years ago yeah it was in the 1992 Barcelona Olympics but back then because there wasn't any uh, qualification system mm. put in place so um, it was more like people who could mm, go mm. they can they can joint uh, that they can take part in Olympics. Okay. However, since then, the, the qualifications uh, system has set in. So it's really a tough um, journey for all our fencers to mm. get to the Olympics. Okay. Coach Andre, is it truly possible for our fencers in Singapore to compete at the Olympic Games or is that dream still a bridge too far? No, it's not too far because if you're working hard and you're working smart, 
any fencer who are training a lot and uh, minimum fencers should train 15-20 hours in a week and many years. So I think this, this dream will come true. Okay. Right now, in the current crop of athletes that we have, the fencers, who do you think has the full potential to actually go all the way to the Olympic Games? Uh, if you're talking about Tokyo Olympics, mm. the closest one, uh, we have six people who still has a chance to go because uh, we have, we will have, hopefully, uh, Olympic uh, Asian qualification tournament mm. where in, uh, we have six fencers who will participate in three disciplines. So they still have a chance to qualify because after this tournament, one fencer is going directly to the Olympics. So we're waiting information now from International Fencing Federation and, and uh, International Olympic Committee mm. when this uh, happened. Okay. Jack, um, you were part of uh, the team which won the gold medal at the last SEA Games four months ago in the fall event in Manila. You are ranked third in the region as an individual fencer and somewhere around the 25th place out of 50 out of 50 in the Asian rankings. Perhaps you could describe for us where do you think you are today in terms of your current skills and standing? Mm, definitely, I believe I improved a lot over the last few months because uh, I recently finished my NS, mm. so I can increase my fencing training load, my physical training load, and that definitely helps me uh, get better results. In fact, uh, this third in Southeast Asia and 20-something in Asia, it all came about uh, during my national service period. Mm. So I think right now with constant training and consistent, uh, constantly working with FS and SSI, I can boost my ranking up and obviously do better in competitions. Okay, uh, you said you just finished your national service. Oh uh, yeah. Your, what, uh, what's your age at the moment? I'm 22 this year, Okay. Currently 21. So the road to the Olympics is still pretty much in within sight, I, I think. Yeah. I mean, do you, do you feel that you still have the chance to achieve that goal somewhere down the line in your fencing career? Oh yeah, definitely. Because um, I'm getting a lot of support from um, FS. Mm. In fact, they've implemented this thing called the Olympic Pathway Program, mm. where like uh, they select a few athletes uh, with potential to go to the Olympics, and they really put in a lot of support for us. Mm. And um, with this program, I'm able to go for many high-level competitions and compete with the world's best. And that really ups my game. And I think uh, with a few years of this uh, support and infrastructure we can finally like I can actually make it the Olympics eventually okay now for those who aren't familiar with the different types of weapons in fencing could you briefly explain to us I mean the usual three I mean you brought three here yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe we can look there that's right the white shot can you just point out which is which yeah um, this is the epee this is the foil and this is the saber okay um, there are different rules for uh, all three weapons but the main thing is like the area you can hit to get a point. So for the FA, it's very simple. Anywhere you hit is a touch. Anywhere you hit is yeah, a anywhere. touch. Anywhere. Everywhere is fair game. Even okay. your toes. Yeah, yeah, even your toes, yeah. Mm. For foil, it's just the torso and the back. Mm. It's more like a classical. The ones that you see in the movies, it's mostly foil. It's mm. the best weapon. Stab in the back. <laughs> yeah. mm. And uh, saber is like crazy weapon, like slashing mm. everywhere. And these two, you, get, you have to poke. But this one, you can slash and cut. So most painful one. That's where the Star Wars come about mm. as well. <laughs> I, can, I, I have experience with all three and this is the most painful one. But they've all, you've got now this protective. Yeah, it's all protected, it's all blind and the, the protective gear that we wear when we uh, compete and train, it's really, really good. Like some, 
unless the guy really just tries to kill you, mm. like you really won't feel anything. Okay, so during the competitions, you're not going to remove that? Or no, it's always there. It's always there. Yeah. Okay. okay. We actually have, um, just to add, we actually have to have proper weapons and attire checks mm. for all international competition before the start of the event mm. for safety. So all these are really made to, to, be re- to resist any of this um, danger, so-called risk. Yeah. And do the athletes get to purchase and own and yeah. keep the equipment at home? Yes, 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 definitely. A lot of them are customized to their needs. Correct. Yeah. And you're allowed to keep the weapons at home? Of yes. course, yeah. We are allowed tra- to fly and travel, and travel with them. Yeah. <laughs> Always our own ones. Okay. Uh, let's talk about the SEA Games. We just uh, touched on it a few moments ago, whereby our fences were the best team outside of our Team Singapore Swimmers to deliver the medals. You said earlier, 13 medals overall, four were gold. Could you first tell us uh, the pre-games target by Fencing Singapore? So, I... We, we actually managed to hit our target um, for goals um, and we're actually very happy with um, what we have achieved. I think it's not just about the results. Actually, I think we, we went there wanting to, of course, try to do our best and we did our best. And um, the main takeaway from the competition is really that every one of our 24 fencers came back with one medal. And that, that is a big achievement. And on top of that, um, we managed to get on to be the top of the medal tally for mm. the Southeast Asia yeah, Games. Okay, so after it was all said and done, Fencing Singapore is totally thrilled with uh, the performance. Um, yes, we are definitely thrilled with the performance, but we are also aiming for the next level. Mm. So um, that doesn't stop us from just being complacent. We are mm. now looking at Asian Games and also the Olympic Games. Okay. Coach Andre, uh, Jet was part of the, the team that won the men's fall, uh, the gold medal. What, do you, what can you say about the performance of the men's foil team? Uh, men's foil team, four boys, uh, they fence a few years together since uh, they were juniors and cadets. Mm. So they knew each other very well. And uh, what is, was more important to win this gold, they not only f- would like to and uh, like to fight together, but they also enjoying their fencing together. That's very important. So team spirit was the most important for this team. And I could say I was quite happy when they performed well and got this gold uh, in the men's foil team. Okay. Would you like to say a few words about our women's foil team and the fact that they also battled their way to the gold medal? Uh, you can see our women's foil team are quite young. Mm. But anyway, they already were leaders of this competition because uh, in the final, individual final, Maxine, Wong and Namita Bertia, they fence, face each other. So uh, when they start fencing team, uh, in the beginning of the final, we, were, we start losing first three bouts. Mm. But then they, then they easily mentally was, didn't give up and they, and they, and they changed the, the bout and won with a big gap against the Vietnam in the final. So I could say it was great performance and uh, uh, also I'm quite happy they achieved because they already had some experience with the medals and the team events like World Championship Silver Juniors and uh, uh, Asian Games uh, bronze medal. So, but anyway, it was important for us to, to reach this goal. Okay, uh, we also saw a gold medal won in the individual uh, EPE final in the women's with our teams Singapore's Kara Tikana, uh, would you like to say a few words about her? Yes, I would like to say good words uh, about Kira and her coach Henry Koch. 
because I think they improved a lot for the last year. They've done very hard and great job. And uh, last 30 years, we didn't have uh, any medal, gold medal of SEA Games for on women's epic. Mm. So I think that's a great result. And I'm quite happy, not only foil, but the other weapons also got uh, a lot of medals. And unfortunately, every gold counts. Mm. And I'm happy for Kiri and her coach. Okay. Uh, Jet. Mm. What is uh, the experience that you took away from Manila which you can use to improve on your own performance down the road? Um, every competition there's a new experience that you can uh, take away. Um, in this 2019 games, uh, I didn't fence the individual event. I fenced it in 2017 in Kuala Lumpur and I won the bronze medal. Mm. 2019 I didn't because uh, I was like lower rank and also probably the NS I couldn't fence many competitions. Mm. And it's more like the process of qualifying and actually competing in the SEA Games, not the actual SEA Games itself. We actually learned a lesson. It's that never give up and everything is possible. Because like um, many of my seniors told me that once you go to NS, your fencing career is over, it's done. Like th that's it, game over, you don't need a fence anymore. Mm. So I went in uh, the 2019 SEA Games preparation period thinking, okay, I want to prove that I can qualify. I want to prove that uh, I can do well at SEA Games and I can prove that it is not the end for Singapore male athletes once they enter NS. And uh, during my NS, I was very uh, fortunate to have very understanding commanders who let me go for competitions. And when I went for competitions, my uh, colleagues, they would cover, cover me. And I eventually qualified for SEA Games, won the gold medal. And really, it's, it's something that I feel with, that uh, I learned a lot about not giving up and always persevering because there are a lot of hard times I didn't get to train as much mm. sometimes I got really bad results and I thought why am I even trying to do this I spend so much time and effort and I'm still not doing what I want to do like those are results mm. but I just like kept my head down and continued grinding hard and finally when the results speak for itself SEA Games gold medal nice uh, which when did you complete your national service um, I completed in uh, August 2019 okay so, so like uh, three months, three, four months for the SEA Games. Okay, you want to give a shout out to your unit that gave you, <laughs> you know, the support? <laughs> it's a combination. I mean, yeah. OCS, Dangoing, uh, Artillery Institute, and ATI. I love you guys, you guys are the best. Nice, okay. Can I just add on this NS um, yeah. uh, sportsman scheme that we are actually looking at? So, um, I think Fan Singapore with uh, with uh, Jet Eun's uh, example, we actually um, actually he is one of our our spearheading mm. uh, fencer for this team where we actually managed to get quite a bit of support in, with coordination with the MinDev for him to be released uh, for a lot of days actually for training for competition and to, in preparation for Southeast Asia Games. Mm, nice. Job well done. Um, I understand you've been fencing uh, since pr probably from the age of 9 or 10 yeah. because uh, it's been almost 12 years you've been involved with the sport. You would have noticed what we have in terms of uh, infrastructure and systems mm. and what the world champions have. Thus, could you suggest two components which you feel fencing Singapore should ideally require in order for our athletes to advance to the next level? Mm, honestly, like... FS has improved a lot over the last few years and we're getting things that the top uh, top uh, associations already have. For example, because I train in Japan, I live in Japan now for my university mm. and the Japanese are one of the top in Asia and top in the world in fencing. And what I see in Japan, 
it's not really that different from what we have in Singapore. Like we have, they have a lot of uh, physical training. They have a lot of support from their uh, their version of SSI, mm. their version of like psycho- psychology and all that. Like we we are starting to implement all this. Mm. And in fact, the Olympic Buffet program is something that the Japanese have been doing for like many years already. What they did was like they just uh, they pick a few talented fencers and they just focus really hard on them and develop them from young cadet age, junior age, senior, all together. And now they are world leaders like Saito Toshia, Shikane Takahiro. Like, I train with them and they're like world medalists at this point. And because Japan identified them when they were young, now they're doing very well at the world level. So right now FS with this Olympic Public program, I think what we should do is continue and build up on this. And of course, this will help identify more talents and develop them into potential world leaders in the future. Mm-hmm. Secondly, um, we're also uh, working hard on this, is to get more like uh, support and sponsorships because um, other international federations, they have a lot of sponsorships, um, especially in the countries where fencing is big, like the US, um, parts of Europe, and of course, Japan. Um, but in Singapore, fencing is not really like, super popular so it's a bit more difficult to get support mm. and in fact it's I, I believe it's also a bit harder for uh, associations in Singapore to, to get uh, support from sponsors because mm. it's not really like a big scene in Singapore but I think it's getting better we've been hunting and we've actually been getting some success uh, in the last few years so uh, as long as we just build on that it'll be good yeah I'm sure as long as you continue on your you know, successful journey and the athletes keep delivering at every major games, fencing will be there among yeah. the top NSAs. You never know in the next uh, couple of years. Coach Andre, you worked in several countries, including Russia, Denmark, the United Kingdom. Do you feel that our current system of athletes training is ideal, which is probably probably training only once a day? Or should our top fencers be training twice a day and their studies are based on a flexible timetable? Uh, we are realistic. We know the system with the study in Singapore. It's quite serious. So our athletes, they're spending a lot of time with study. Mm. So uh, we try to do some mixed because uh, we are not sure they could train twice a day. So what we providing for them, we're providing for them some trainings where they're not only fence, but for example, we're mixing training strength conditioning, then fencing, or we're mixing psychology workshop or nutrition workshop with fencing. So that's how we're doing. And actually the same practice, uh, when I work uh, with the GB national team, uh, we had the world-class program, which was very serious. And I was the head coach there. So we've done the same. We've done one big session a day because London is big and they will also study. They were full-time athletes, but they also study in universities. Mm -hmm. So we, we managed to do one big session with all the components like in this in this and I think that's okay because we have to be realistic mm. we had Singapore gymnastics on the show a couple of weeks ago and the national coach says that in his home country of Holland uh, there are several gymnastics academies uh, specialized for those who have potential and uh, while they are studying they they, they are for I mean if they were supposed to study for four years they they, they finished six years uh, with the same certification but their parents are okay because in the six years their athletes their children tend to become professional uh, gymnasts because they get to train twice a day which is crucial in the sport of gymnastics uh, you just touched on 
Great Britain, but it's uh, fencing athletes, uh, do, they, do they train twice a day in other parts of Europe? Uh, I could say uh, not so many countries doing this because um, uh, like countries like Russia, for example, they have uh, like centralized based uh, system mm. so the fences in the training camps like whole year 11 months from the year and I was in this system when I was I was also studying more years than I supposed to do and I have some special schedule when I was national fencer but not so many countries most of the countries have similar situation as in uh, Singapore they, the people are quite quite serious with study which is makes sense because they need profession but also uh, as I said we try to do their uh, schedule flexible and if uh, they have a time for example in the morning we're just scheduling for them individually what they can do same conditioning or psychology or something uh, also uh, like um, I could say uh, in, in the modern uh, sport it's more individualized, I could say, because they quite different. They in a different schools, they in a different universities, they in a different situation. Some of them, like Jet, was in NS, and I uh, quite happy we save him because most of the fences finishing probably after these two years because that's the best ages for development mm. in fencing. So I could feel uh, like. Uh, we're also going to the international camps when they're away from schools. Mm. Then we train two, two times a day, three times a day. Mm. So it's possible. So we try to manage this with the realities. Okay. Gimme, is the sport of fencing available as a CCA in Singapore schools? And if so, how many schools? So fencing is, uh, we do have the national school games for secondary school and JC level. Mm. So then, but the primary schools, we do not have that many. Mm. Um, so that it's just a handful of them right now, uh, only a handful. And then for the secondary schools, you have 40 over schools. Mm. So I think um, for fencing as right now, because of our podium success for the last few years, it is growing. And I think we are actually going towards, uh, we can see an upscale uh, increase in the number of fences. We're really looking forward to pushing for primary school fencing actually right now. Mm. Um, however, of course, it takes a while and we are actually, we've actually created like um, funds to actually support primary schools for it. So we are, we are now working towards that direction. And so we see the pipeline as a very important source of um, our development in our pathway towards the podium success. Mm. So um, in the secondary schools right now, uh, we actually have a good number of fences and I think we are actually seeing an increase as well, even in secondary schools and we have a good mixture of school as well because um, I, I also want to um, highlight that a lot of people might think that fencing is actually just a ATA sport or something mm, mm. but we actually do see quite a number of schools other than the typical Raffles mm. schools we also have like uh, normal uh, neighborhood, neighborhood secondary schools like Greendale Pasir Ris Crest and they have won medals during the national school games so we're actually seeing um, a lot of um, uh, positive actually feedback from our stakeholders and I think that is a uh, that's very uh, that, that is very good for fencing Singapore so 40 plus in the secondary schools level, are you comfortable with that number or you, do you think you can push for more? We, we definitely can push for more. We actually are forecasting that we've got so many that we have to expand the number of days of our competition for the, this year actually. Mm. But mm. unfortunately because of the COVID-19, we are, all the schools competitions are now being postponed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What about Coach Andre and the systems that uh, he has mentioned uh, happening in Europe, etc. Isn't there a way for our own fences here to have something similar while studying? So I think what 
Fencing Singapore has been doing over the last few years is we've been studying actually the different various countries uh, system and definitely we have to make it a customized one for Singapore it's not just what we just follow and take it it's it's never gonna work US for example has their own unique system that mm. we, we probably can't follow and then for example Russia is a centralized system same as China and Singapore is a bit more hybrid kind of system where we have the clubs we have the schools um, because we are also a very small country we actually want to work with our community to actually uh, work together to create that pipeline together so I think the last few years what we've been doing is working with our stakeholders as much as we can and I think we actually do see a good uh, a good cooperation and our relationship with our stakeholder has actually been very good there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jack Ng will let you have the last word for this first segment before your compatriot Maxine Wong joins us in part two. So you've won the SEA Games team goal event. What is your next target which you've set your eye on? Um, definitely in 2021 SEA Games, I want to win the individual goal as well as, well as the team goal hmm. and continue that success on with Asian Games, medals, and hopefully in the future we'll see more some world stage stuff. That's right. Um, and how far do you see yourself representing Singapore and how would you ideally like to finish your fencing career in the future? Um, I see myself fencing for a very long time because I, I love this sport and I really can't see myself living without it. So I'll probably continue fencing even after, like, I'll stay within the fencing community even after I like, retire. Like, I'll probably like do some coaching or at least give back to the family and the community that has raised me so far, the fencing community. Okay, uh, we wish you the very best in your Thank future you. career in your, as well as in fencing as well. Thanks for joining us on uh, SG Sports Uncut. Jack Thank you. Uh, Coach Andre and Yime, uh, they're staying on for part two when we'll be joined by another gold medalist in Maxine Wong. Hi guys, welcome back to episode 19 of SG Sports Uncut. Uh, Chong Yime, General Manager of Fencing Singapore, we'll start this segment with you. And can I ask what is your NSA doing in light of the current COVID-19 situation? So with all the postponement of our international competition and also our local events, we are now having a season break actually. We've um, brought forward our, in discussion with our high performance team, we brought forward the season break so that everyone who support with that we are supposed to take a break with after at a later time it's just brought forward so that we can actually then manage the situation and then we are also observing the ministry's advices and then we will actually uh, work from week to week actually okay so how many events are presently on hold and how are your athletes coping with the health advisories and the regulations so one week before actually we do have quite a number of fences that were still traveling for international competition until um, that all the postponement mm. so uh, we what we are trying to do right now is actually to make sure that our fencers I think our senior fencer especially because we we still have the Olympic uh, goals and the seniors are still training but in more uh, we were still practicing social distancing we mm. will do more individual training rather than the, t the group training and um, I think when it comes to the coming weeks where our break is over we are thinking of uh, we are strategizing again uh, what, what is the next step with the teams. Okay. National coach Andre Klushin, how has the COVID-19 uh, impacted your training schedules and competitions? 
the main problem for us, we still uh, supposed to have uh, Asian Olympic qualifier, mm -hmm. and uh, where, as I said already, six of our fences has a chance to qualify for Olympics, and we're supposed to have Asian uh, Championship senior. Uh, so we're still waiting information uh, within these four weeks from International Fencing Federation and International Olympic Committee. Mm. Coach, uh, besides the Olympics, I understand the World Championships has three different age categories? Yes, in fencing we have three different age categories. So cadets, they're under 17 mm. years old, juniors under 20, and after 20, it's a senior uh, okay. category. So normally the World Championships and Asian Championships uh, united two categories, cadets and juniors, mm. and separately seniors. And Singapore has already... We have a lot of medals from these events, not from seniors, but from cadets okay. and juniors. We're normally winning a lot of medals on them because our team is quite young. Mm. So potentially one day we start winning also from the seniors. The seniors. Okay. Uh, we are also joined by National Fencer Maxine Wong. Welcome to the show. Maxine, uh, how have you been coping with the current health situation? Mm, currently, I'm actually trying to live as normally as I can mm. while um, taking the necessary precautions like the social distancing and actually to minimize going out if I can. Mm. And um, I would say I'm actually quite lucky because I finished my A-levels last year. So now I'm just waiting to go to university mm. and I don't have that extra complication about having to worry about going to school. So now I just go out to train or to go to the supermarket. Have you already missed competitions so far? Yes, I just came back from Anaheim about two weeks ago mm -hmm. where I was there for about a week of training followed by the Grand Prix competition in the weekend. Mm -hmm. However, like two to three days before the competition, it was cancelled, um, which was quite a weird experience. But luckily, I was able to still train at the club for the remaining days. And um, as mentioned earlier, mm. uh, FIE has also like suspended competitions for like the next month or so. So we will be missing certain competitions like the World Junior Championships and the Asian Fencing Championships. Mm. FIE is the world governing body? Yeah. Okay, for fencing. Okay. Well, a few months ago, you did win a gold medal in the women's team fall event at the SEA Games. What did you take away from that experience? Mm, well, I was really happy to be able to win gold with our team at the SEA Games. And um, as always with games, like there is a, I feel like there's an added pressure because of the name and the prestige. And... Um, furthermore, it was a team event and we always want to like perform well so as to not let each other down. Mm. So for myself, I feel that uh, it was a good experience for me to learn to be able to um, compete while under pressure and um, still be calm. And I think for us as a team, this uh, event is a good like um, learning experience for us to know how to work together as a team and which will help us for future competitions. All for one, one for all. Yes. So yes. what I did there, the Musketeers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Coach, how would you describe Maxine's performance in the Team Fall event in Manila? Uh, all girls fence very well and Maxine is very stable uh, team fencer. So when she is in a good shape, 
I'm not worried we're, we're losing, we're always winning. So uh, I, I would like to say uh, girls performing very well in general mm -hmm. and uh, it was a very good situation, the best situation for the coach when two fences fence also individual final. That's right. That's, that's my follow-up question. So we saw the defending champion Amitabh Bhatia versus Maxine Wong and all Singaporean final yeah. and that's the best situation for the coach because we have a rules if two fences uh, from the same country fencing the coaches stay out mm. so I was just uh, watching this match and I was happy because we already have two medals mm. uh, gold and silver and I was happy for both of them mm. okay I was there as well I was through uh, you know filming you guys as part of a Sport SG's uh, journey in, in the SEA Games as well. Uh, we, we spoke to you three hours after the final because I think all the athletes all had to go for random uh, doping, doping yeah. tests. Yeah. Anti-doping. Yeah, anti-doping tests. And when we spoke to you, you said you really wanted to and you could have beaten the defending champion, your friend Amita, even though she was the favourite. So could you have defeated her on that day? Mm, to be honest, I actually went into the SEA Games with no expectations mm -hmm. because like I was recovering from the knee injury and the surgery and like I just finished my A-levels in the November mm. and so and it's like two days after the last paper we flew off to the SEA Games so there was like barely enough time to train and I was already like quite thankful to be able to reach the finals considering like I was already like really tired before that and um, like as mentioned like, mm. I'm happy that we were able to make it the all Singapore finals mm. like it was the best possible outcome and um, actually when the finals started like my touches were working like um, my movement was good and I felt quite confident but I think ultimately like due to the lack of physical preparation, like it couldn't hold up towards the end. Mm. But I think overall, like I'm happy with my fencing on that day. Well, you did fight back from knee surgery, like you said, in August and preparations from your A-levels at the same time, uh, while also recovering and barely enough of time to train for the SEA Games. Was it all worth it in the end? I'd say for sure, yes, it was definitely worth it. Even though it was really challenging to have to um, battle this injury mm. since it was quite a serious injury and it also came at a really crucial time like just before the A-levels and the SEA Games but I'm lucky to have had um, good support around me like my family, the physiotherapist at SSI and my coach who was super understanding mm. and I think overall looking back on the results like the success at the SEA Games I'm glad to have been able to overcome these challenges. Okay. Yime, what can you say about the determination of this 18-year-old who could have very easily missed the games due to recovery and exams? I mean, like she said, the paper, her last paper finished two days before leaving for Manila. So I think for Fencing Singapore, definitely we, we are very proud of her because juggling studies and training is definitely very, very difficult. Um, we actually started planning very much earlier in the year because we, we actually understand that what the plans are what the studies schedule is coming out with the exams and also they we were very um, 
we, we had a good cooperation with uh, Maxine especially mm. when she actually made a decision that uh, that she needs to at least fix that knee, knee injury and we understand that we are looking at the long term for our athlete mm. and so we actually encourage that to happen and then and then after that um, have that buffer to recover as well as then the study um, tapered training period and also then prepare for SEA Games. Um, we actually uh, used actually her as one of our role model to actually showcase to our younger fencer that it can be done and I think it's done and we did very well mm. and she got silver and also a gold medal so mm. that, that proves it all. So the fact that we came back with 13 medals, 4 of them were gold, what is the impact do you think that it, it had on or it had or has on the fencing community in Singapore? It definitely is very positive and um, our fences um, actually were more motivated from now. I mean, SEA Games is, um, to us, is a important event, but at the same time, we also know that we can do better. So our fences are now getting ready. We're actually planning for the 2021 SEA Games now and even the 2022 uh, Asian, Asian games, games. Mm. so I I think the the effect is we are looking hopefully it gives a ripple effect and then it gives us a um, more time actually to plan mm. and uh, to strike for a bigger achievement and then stay on top of the medal tally for fencing and of course plan for Paris 2024 the Olympics definitely 2024 Paris Olympics for us um, that is our four years plan and mm. like what uh, previously Jet had said we we have. Uh, worked, we are now working closely to with, uh, with the support from Sports Singapore to actually have the Olympic Pathway Program as well as trying to actually push for more spec scholar and it's where we're happy that we're actually moving towards that and with more spec scholarship that's awarded to fencing mm. we actually will be able to focus more uh, with the, the sport and also um, we believe that this will actually help us achieve higher goals Okay Coach Andre, there are fencing clubs and academies in Singapore. How do they help in terms of talent identifying young fencers with potential to join the national team? The clubs in Singapore, they're doing a great job because they're coming to the schools and selecting the talent uh, kids and uh, working with them in the clubs. And then Fencing Singapore is inviting these kids to the national training center and that's how it's, it's working in Singapore and I would like to thank you all the clubs for their effort. Does Fencing Singapore, I mean, send our fences to, for overseas attachments for weeks or months in order to further expand their skills and experience of training with other uh, world-class fences? Uh, yes, we're doing different things. First, we are actually running a lot of training camps with international sparring parties in Singapore. So not only our best fences, but most of the fences, they could uh, compete and train with the best fences from minimum from Asia, but also from, from the world. Mm -hmm. So for this year, for last year, we invited uh, like teams like uh, from Korea, from uh, Thailand, from Hong Kong, from some other Asian countries. Last year it was some British fences and fences from Russia. So that's the one thing. The second thing, our uh, fences are going to international competitions and sometimes also doing training camp in the individual way in the abroad. Mm. And uh, the last thing, before the major events, which we have four in a year, we're also running camps, as I said earlier. Mm. So that's how we, our fences getting international experience. Okay. 
Maxine, you were a student of Raffles Institution. Was it difficult trying to find time to train and study and also have time for yourself, family, friends, or social life? Yes, um, <laughs> for so sure. It was tough. It was tough. Definitely. It was really a struggle to balance between my studies and fencing throughout the two years in RI, mm. let alone have time for myself or my family. Um, but like again, like I'll say I was really lucky to have a strong support system around me, like from my family to like my coaches, my classmates and teachers. Like for my family, my mom has um, been my tutor since secondary school, so that was really um, helpful when we go for overseas competitions, like I can study on the go. And like my classmates and teachers were really understanding when I had to miss classes and they would keep me updated on the work. And I think with their help, I was able to get through the two years of JC. And um, as for like socializing with friends, mm. I think as a student athlete, there are sacrifices to be made. And for myself, I guess I sacrificed my social life. But I think it was important for me to be able to be disciplined and prioritize my activities in order to um, achieve my goals. And now that the A-levels are over, I can definitely spend more time with my friends. Nice. Uh, I asked your teammate, Jack Ng, the same question in the first part of the show. Now I'm posing it to you. Could you name two things that you would like to see change in order for the national fences to be able to improve their skills? Uh, so what's your wish list, Maxime? Um, actually, I also would like to um, hopefully get maybe more sponsors so that you know for like equipment or you know I don't know supplements mm. which would um, really help to you know ease the financial, financial burden mm. yeah so that's my first hope and okay. secondly uh, I know we are we are inviting like some, some foreign fences now but like Hopefully, we could invite more and, like, say, more frequently mm. for not just training but also for our uh, local competitions. Okay. Uh, Jimmy, let's come back to you. Let's touch on your operational annual budget for the NSA and its various programs. Is Fencing Singapore comfortable uh, or do you require more financial resources and why? We're definitely needing more financial resources with us growing our and developing our fences. Um, with us in like what we say we had a lot of, we are now pushing for the olympic program pathway programs as well as other um initiative that we want um, and also for our pipelines in the primary schools and the secondary schools um funding is definitely uh, a need and i think we are looking definitely for solutions for sustainability i think that's a big word that all the nsas are using right now mm. and also sports sg um we are definitely uh trying to engage more partners and sponsors uh, during this period and we can see that our fences are also, are also looking forward to that so that we can also give them um, more support uh, I think not just not just financially to for them for their competition but also support in other areas such as uh, the sports science and the sports medicine side mm. uh, and training camps definitely we're trying to bring in more and that costs money so funding, definitely, yeah, it needs to increase. 
Okay. Uh, would you like to say a quick word to your current sponsors and partners? So we're definitely hoping to get more sponsors and we are looking to um, approach um, any sponsors and also we'd like to thank our past partners such as a GNC. They have actually helped us uh, in our journey and we're trying to see if we can engage more partners mm. in the future to journey with us towards the Olympics. Okay. I've asked the athletes for their wish list, uh, which means I need to ask you, the national coach as well. So ideally, what should we have here in Singapore to help in the coaching development plans? I have three wishes. I would like to have more fences, mm -hmm. so along the bench. I would like to uh, do training smarter. Mm -hmm. And I would like uh, to have big goals and go to them step by step. When you say smarter, uh, I think you, using not only fencing, but also the old technologies which is around, and we have big possibilities for this with sport institutes. Mm. And, and sports, we already sports scientists, well. sport scientists, and so because in modern sport you can't do only 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 technique and tactic. Mm. You have to to create robust and resilient athletes. Uh, do you think we have enough of support from the athletes' families uh, and from the fans here in Singapore? Who love fencing or do you think there is still much more that can be done by the public to help improve the fencing standards here? The parents in Singapore are great. They are travelling with us around the world from early ages with their kids and they are supporting not only the competition but also during the travel. So uh, I think they are golden standard here. Mm. But for the people who are around fencing we should do a bit more for them to understand uh, how nice is our sport is. How uh, easy and complicated mm. our sport. So we have to 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 invite a bit more people for our events and to to support us. I think Johnny Depp needs to do another Pirates of the Caribbean movie and film it in Singapore. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> Star Wars maybe. Star, Star Wars, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Maxine, you've already won at the Sea Games and you've had the taste of the World Juniors and Asian Championships as well. What is the next goal you're working towards too? Mm, I I would say the ultimate goal is definitely the Olympics. Um, but for now, in like the near future, mm. I would like to work on improving my results at the senior level. I'm currently still a junior fencer, so I definitely still have a lot to improve on in terms of like fencing skills, my physical fitness, and um, sometimes I'm able to fighting against the senior fencers but sometimes it doesn't go as how I planned and so I'm currently uh, working on that and especially now with the virus situation there won't be much traveling at least for the next month or so mm. so I'm working on developing myself and my fitness okay um, you said the Olympics are you referring to 2020 or 2024 um, I'm actually looking forward towards the 2024 one. Okay, in Paris. Okay. By the way, if a young kid or a teenager were to approach and ask you what are two what are two characteristics that a top-level fencer should possess, uh, what would you say to that question? I would say determination and perseverance. Mm. Determination to, um, you know, have your goals in mind and like have the motivation to know what you have to do in order to achieve those goals and perseverance for 
like when you meet obstacles or when the times get tough, yeah, you don't give up. Okay, you mentioned 2024 Paris Olympics is one of your ultimate targets or probably is your ultimate aim. What about the 2022 Asian Games, a gold medal at that Games? Mm. Is that on your radar? The, the 2022 Asian Games are on my radar. Okay. Um, I mean, and also the 2021 SEA Games, first, right. firstly. Mm. But um, as for the Asian Games, uh, in the previous one in 2018, um, I managed to do well in the individual event. Mm -hmm. And um, to be honest, it was actually unexpected because it was my first major games. Mm -hmm. And um, actually, um, fencing in Asia has quite a high standard, especially with countries like China and Japan, Korea, they are all actually quite top in the world. Mm. So the Asian Games is uh, no easy competition, but I would definitely like try my best to hopefully podium at the next one. Nice. Coach Andre, as we wrap up this discussion, what do you want Singaporeans to know about the future of our national fences? Uh, I just would like to say we will continue to train hard and we would like to win medals for Singapore. The future is bright. Uh, and if the question is asked again, when can we see a Singaporean in the Olympics, what would your answer be? Uh, I would like to see Singaporean fencer in Tokyo. 2020 or 2021? Yes, we yeah, don't know. Yeah. Alright, Yimi, we are already in the month of uh, April. What plans does Fencing Singapore have for the rest of the year? So definitely in preparation for all the rest of the major games whenever it's happening. Mm. So I think what we're trying to do is to ensure that we, this again, it's really all on planning and making sure that we're prepared for it and also making sure that we are engaging all the stakeholders and letting them understand what our plans are moving forward. I think it's important that we are aligned mm. with our plans and then that will give us the support that we need need to actually develop all our fences. Okay. And what is your message to the fencing community and other local sports fans regarding fencing for 2020? We would like to definitely have a better uh, cooperation of our stakeholders and I think we will go back to what our mission is, which is to inspire and develop our fencing community to enter, engage and excel as a community together with our stakeholders. I think that one is what we really want to uh, speak to our fencing fraternity and um, everyone just look out for fencing in the near future. I think we will do it and you can look at us for more information on Facebook and our Instagram. Yeah. So it's enter, engage and excel. Excel, yes. Nice. Together as a fencing community. Well put. Coach Andre Klusian, Maxing Wong and Chong Yimei, thank you very much for joining us on SG Sports Uncut and we wish the very best for your respective careers as well as for fencing in Singapore over the next few years. All the very best to all of you involved in your NSA. Thank you very much. Thank, thank you very much. And we hope you've enjoyed the discussion with our friends from Fencing Singapore and let's wish them the very best in their quest to qualify for the Olympic Games. Well, if you have any feedback or comments on this show, feel free to drop us an email at sgsportsuncut at gmail.com. Till the next time, I'm Raj Kumar. Bye for now.